0: Hello and welcome to the Billy Shears Club. I'm Caleb Clark.
1: I'm Ricky Flowers.
0: I'm Jordan Need. And now, it's time for everyone's favorite decade, the 2010s. We just got through that. And there was a lot of interesting music that got into the public consciousness that decade. And it'd be cool to talk about some of it. So, fellas, uh, what did you guys think of generally of the twenty ten pop
1: Um, I guess I can start. So yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like there was a lot of good stuff. I mean, it's it was a it was a trip because I mean that was my high school years and I guess early middle school, so that's a time when you're really listening to a lot of music and uh yeah it was kind of a trip down memory lane going back and listening to a lot of those although I will say I've never been super into pop music so there were quite a few that I have never even heard or didn't listen to much so but yeah I think the 2010s were a pretty transitional well, I don't know it's hard to say really, but there's a lot of good music, lots of interesting stuff, I think so but yeah, that's all I have to say,
2: yeah, I would definitely say like it's to say the least, it's a trip down memory lane with um all the music that I heard in middle school, high school, most. Most of it wasn't stuff that I was so much seeking my out of, uh, seeking out so much as it just kind of like filtered in that sort of pop cultural osmosis, like. But um, but it's stuff that at this point honestly feels kind of nostalgic, and is is a uh, it's very it's all very reminiscent to be reminded of that um, again and like some of the. Me- uh, some of the music looking back on it's like, oh that was really fun and really good. Some of it's like, well, I don't know. Could is it perhaps critically the best music? Maybe not. But to me, like I, I associate a lot of the 2010s pop, um, especially like my more favorite ones, as as uh, as fundamentally like really, really fun music and having a lot of energy to it. And um some of my Favorite ones, especially, just like uh, being being very interested in beats and sort of like sometimes instrumentals, even if the lyrics could be repetitive or not the most inventive. I I enjoy it a lot. It, to me, it's fun, and I I think that's what matters. Uh, that's to me what matters most when thinking about pop
0: music.
1: Yeah, yeah very cool.
0: Yeah. Definitely also have that reminisce. Uh, I guess it's hard to tell since this was also sort of my coming of age era, so I don't have like the reference of actually living through other decades at any age beyond a teenager. But like, this was one where there was, like, Ricky, you had mentioned like uh, maybe not full transition since we don't know like the end product, but definitely lots of changes. Like, the internet became so much bigger, and so you get like, uh, you know, string services take out music sales and radio and social media means that it's easier for artists to interact and promote themselves. But also the cracks within the music machine become so much more obvious and like all these and like sometimes in the case of a few, one, at least one person that will get you in due time, like it let's random people blow up out of nowhere and big stars can suddenly crash down. Yeah, there was a lot of changes because, like, as, far as as far as I can tell, most pop music per decade, from my rough estimation, has it has in the past had at most like three phases per decade. This one had four, where it's like really dumb club stuff that went to like very twee, very indie EDM type pop. The kind of sad and dour around 2016 to 2018, and then 2019 was suddenly happy again. So it was like. Lots of weird changes. Everything was in flux. Everything was wonky. You know, all the country turned into bros and boyfriends, and hip hop finally outgrew the need to actually appeal to pop. Right as it became the biggest music in the world, so like EDM got mainstream. Like not just a novelty; it was like actually enjoyed in the mainstream. So it wasn't a very all over the place decade. But yeah, and to kick it off, uh, Ricky, how about? Probably the most tasteful artist of the decade to make it onto the Hot 100.
1: <laughs> yeah, i I couldn't I couldn't do this without getting at least one Kendrick song on there, and there are plenty that you could have chosen from. But yeah, so I I chose Swimming Pools, um, somewhat arbitrarily because he had I don't know how many singles that could have been. Maybe eight, seven, or eight, but uh, yeah. So swimming pools is uh, came out in twenty twelve. It was the lead single from Good Kid, Mad City. Um, uh, yeah, I mean everybody's heard it probably. It's kind of this dark, murky, kind of aquatic sounding beat with this uh, you know lyrics about you know, alcoholism, I guess, (laughs) or just, uh, drinking. Um, and yeah, I think it's a great song. It's very, um, yeah, I mean, it's not so much a pop song, maybe just at least in terms of lyrical content, but, um, it does have quite a hook on it that will always get stuck in my head. Um, But Yeah. What do you guys think?
2: (laughs) I think one of the many defining things of a lot of the, a lot of pop songs is like the catchiness of it. And this one definitely has a really effective catchy hook, Um, especially with that constant, like drink, drink. And like, it really gets the, it gets the message across very strongly in my opinion. Along with, um, along with uh, at, lyrically, very, uh, very stuck in the head, um, in a good way. I think it's a very interesting thing about. Um, I would say that's a that's a pretty defining thing in my experience with uh, Kendrick Lamar. Is very, very good at, um, very good at that sort of stuff. Of uh, being very catchy, very very in your head, but also like pretty pretty memorable, um, sticking out lyrics, which I I have to say I'm pretty impressed by. Like now Kendrick uh, Lamar is very interesting. He is a very good artist, and this is a very effective, um, excellent piece, in my opinion as
0: well. Yeah, I, def- I definitely really enjoy, well, not enjoy, I guess, because it's a super grim song, you know, it's just like, he goes to a party, and he begins a lifelong chemical dependency, like, it's it's sad <laughs> stuff, but like you guys say, yeah, it's just so catchy, and in the groove, and like, he has that very fast, on-the-dot flow, that's just really nice. Uh, well, I guess one thing about this and all and honestly the whole good kid mad city project like we had talked about at the very beginning of the podcast but like it fits very well within the soundscape of early 10s 2010s hip-hop at least the pop stuff because that was the era of like ace hood rick ross cruel summer if you guys remember lamborghini mercy your chick she's so thirsty like it fits right in with that whole style you know Also, like sad little Wayne, you know, just the subdued sense, the very clean beat, but like, you know, subverting it by having the dark message about the consequences of substance abuse. Like, it's a cool move, and like, I'm glad it got onto the pop charts.
1: Yeah, um, I, yeah, I do love, I also love the production on this. I think. Kendrick, I I wasn't really into any rap at all until, like, I heard some Kendrick stuff. And what really caught, like, caught my attention at first was the production. It's just, I mean, yeah, in hindsight, now that I've listened to more, it is kind of, it's not like I'm shifting or anything, but um, it's just really cool, <laughs> and it fits it just has that intention, intentionality, to it that really fits the, um, the subject matter and um, yeah, it's just an interesting beat. But yeah, it's a great song. I will say, as far as sound production, one of the
0: greatest parts was like at the end where he like brings in the string quartet because he's Kendrick Lamar. Oh yeah. For sure, strings, baby. Yeah, <laughs> That's a nice touch. I like that. Oh, yeah.
2: Over- yeah, overall, very of- enjoyable, good stuff. I can. It's very yeah. clear why it's as popular as it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts before we move to the next song? Uh, no. I think. I think I'm good. Okay.
0: All right, Uh, Jordan, where do you want to take us next?
2: Let's see, I think I'd like to start with uh, Call Me Maybe, because that is a song that was very stuck in my head in middle school. And that is a song that just like, I very much associate with the 2010s. And it was released very early 2010s, but that's probably part of the reason why it stuck with me so much and uh, by uh recorded by Canadian senior songwriter Carly Rae Jepsen and it's like one of her i like her her pretty much only big hit um and what she's known for but very popular very fun very catchy tune that i think for me at least kind of kind of helps to define the the sound of at least the early 2010s just that mm-hmm. that fun um poppy stuff that's just like very repetitive lyrics but get really stuck in your head cuz it. It like what do you guys uh what do you all think about that uh, about the song
0: yeah i'd say it's a really great bubblegum pop song you know it's like So the lyrics are, you know, very, you know, it's a very teenage song. You know, it's like, she's got this huge crush on this guy. She's head over heels. But also in the chorus, she tries to play it off as being, you know, so flippant. Like, no, call me maybe. Well, these other guys tried to chase me. You know, I'm hot. So, like, it's, you know, she's (laughs) she's being very, you know, she's hot and she's cold. She's. Yes, and she's no. (laughs) Well, more, she's. A very subdued, cool Harrison Ford. Yes, and she's a maniacal. Yes, but it's like maniacal. It's cute. It's fun.
2: Yeah, very very coy think, about it all. It's like, haha. Yeah. No, I'm totally don't have a huge crush on you. Just just call me, maybe whatever.
0: I think I think they call it sundare <laughs> some call, or is it yandere? I Think
2: sundare. You know, I'll be honest. I don't quite remember, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a real sucker for the song and just like the, of, of the koi sort of like, you know, like you said, bubblegum pop is a very accurate way of describing, it. um, cause cause that's what it is really. And it's it's not something deep per se, but it's fun.
1: Yeah, it's uh I enjoyed this song too. I remember um I think I don't know. I think I liked it when it came out probably. <laughs> um but also it's just so uh kind of omnipresent or at least it was for quite a while throughout pop you know mm-hmm. pop culture so it was hard to avoid um, but i i didn't i never there was never a time when i was like oh man i i hate this song so which is more than i can say for a lot, a lot of such things <laughs> one thing i will say is going going back to it i i'm not i don't have as much of an ear for this as you do Caleb but the production on this doesn't seem to have aged well. It sounds, it sounds very like early mid two thousands bubblegum pop production. Um, like the strings just sound really well. Uh, strings and the the beat just kind of sound real, uh, kind of shallow. I don't know, like plasticky. But I guess that's that's the you know, bubblegum pop thing. Um but maybe that's just a style that was kind of on its way out. Um but still, yeah. like still I mean for like fits, so that I guess you could say that.
0: I I, I won't deny that it sounds like, you know, it sounds more like a discount Taylor Swift pop song, you know, the very much in line with uh, 22 and such, but like, it's it's still really enjoyable, super catchy. Like, I just love how all the hooks sort of, and not as, I didn't have as big a reaction to the production itself, but I did like how the. Books very much compliment each other like you know how it goes hey I just met you and this yeah. is crazy like that that part was what got it for me that part was like yeah this is good stuff
1: I like production aside it's really a good song and like the the music you know <laughs> the musical structure is it it's very like ideal pop catchiness that is hard to resist
0: It also helps explain why uh, she ended up becoming, like, acclaimed indie pop on the next album with, like, that Run Away With Me song and all that.
1: You guys remember that one? Yeah. Oh, I did. Run away with... Yeah, I have, I've actually listened to her some of her other, you know, later stuff where she started, you know, to... Go in that sort of '80s direction, synth pop stuff, and yeah, it's it's enjoyable. So maybe I was kind of comparing it to that, and it's just a mm-hmm. it's a transition, but yeah. Any other thoughts, Jordan?
2: Um, those are my main thoughts on it, honestly. Uh, just kind of. It's um, it's a fun time. It's a nostalgic time. Um, you know, it's it's what it is. <laughs> it's a, uh, and for me personally, it doesn't have to be anything else. It's kind of, it's kind of special in that way. It's always and, a
1: good time. Oh uh, oh <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I will say my one last note before we leave this one. Uh, I, was, I don't think it ever got, like, Ricky, since you mentioned never hating it, I don't think it ever got, like, an actual hate them, like Justin Bieber, One Direction, and uh, Rebecca Black did at the time. But I do definitely remember it being a constant meme, like the Star Wars remix. So that was like, go back to that, baby. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: yeah. Speaking no, of. I- I, I agree it, i don't think it was ever hated but like it definitely was very pervasive and became a bit of a meme of just how constant it was yeah but sorry you were going to say something
0: yeah uh speaking of nostalgia let's talk about our boy bruno mars uh Started off as a kind of iffy ballad. I did stuff like the Grenade Lazy song, the chorus for Billionaire, the chorus for Lighters, and not great. But then around 2012, he decided, let's just make retro party jams. And suddenly, despite having lyrical, well, well, basically artistic quality that was basically Jason Derulo with taste, he got like a hundred platinum plaques over the decade, which is just a mind boggling amount. He has five diamond singles. Uh, Twenty-four Karat Magic is basically his sequel to Uptown Funk, but without Mark Ronson and with a yeah, sort of early '80s synth funk type beat. I actually like this one better than uh, Uptown Funk. It's you know, it's smoother and it's you know, his hooks aren't as clunky and it's got a much better song structure and like tons of catchy little moments. And it's just a super enjoyable song. You know, every single moment is just a magnificent moment of just Bruno, you know, being awesome, you know, dancing around and like all these cool, like, vocoder. Mm-hmm. means and like bridge where it's like everywhere I go, oh, he's so player. It's just a super fun song. What'd you guys think?
2: I mean, I, I definitely agree. It's a, it's a fun song and it's, it's a, it's a really fun, catchy it's a really fun, catchy song with a really fun, catchy tune, and it's you know twenty-four carrot magic. Air. Like it's just, it's a, it's a good time, and I can just like see myself just like listening to it and bopping along to it very, very easily for um, a good while. And uh, it's a, uh, it's a Bruno Mars classic, and like. Bruno, Bruno's an interesting, uh, yeah, an interesting lyricist. I mean, an interesting, uh, producer, like you said, of, like, it's kind of like, so, uh, maybe a slower start to begin with, but just, like, makes genuinely fun and interesting, um, stuff, in my opinion. It's like, this is, this is a classic in terms of pop and a lot of Bruno Mars, uh, music is is a classic in terms of pop i think for good reason
1: yeah i would agree this is a fantastic pop song it's um love the structure of it the way it builds and like the different pieces that bring very like from kind of different vibes like that pre-chorus part where you have like the I don't know how to describe it but yeah um and I actually try not to think about uptown funk ever I really <laughs> I think I've just gotten sick of that song but this, this one I still enjoy quite a bit I love those uh, those high synth parts do, 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 do like and just all the uh, vocoder vocals and stuff um yeah it's just it's a great song yeah that's
0: definitely a great party jam to throw on next time you're on a function and you need everyone to put their pinky fingers to the moon which is that's just such a great line you know yeah so to put your hands in the air it's like put your pinky fingers to the moon it's like man he it.
2: oh you <laughs> oh bruno
1: oh bruno
0: I have my children oh my goodness oh <laughs> uh, Ricky. <laughs> where do you, where should we go next on the way back machine
1: okay um, Oh. Maybe I'll just keep going, well, somewhat chronologically. uh, So, Suit and Tie um, came out 2013 from Justin Timberlake's, you know, 2020 Experience album, which was kind of, I don't, I wasn't really paying attention, but I guess it's like kind of a comeback album, or like his first in six years, maybe. but. Yeah, it's I think kind of similarly nostalgic. I don't just this cool R and B song with the just you know extremely catchy pop music going on, um, <laughs> and I think there's some kind of interesting production to its and. Sort of a, uh, you know, not just, not just your standard verse, chorus, verse, structure, um, but, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm very curious, uh, what do you have to
0: say, Kit? Yeah, uh, I think I really enjoy this one. Yeah, like you are saying, Ricky, you know, it's very much a, you know, throwback, more, it's got sort of the throwback crooner vibe with, you know, all the high strings and just how nasty it all is. You know, it's literally about being suit and tie, you know, in tuxedos. It's just got, you know, the defined air about it, you know, just, you know, he's just trying to, you know, make himself out to be this gentlemanly pop figure and has... Brings Jay-Z along. Jay-Z does really well. He has a fun verse. And the thing for me about this song is that it's so, you know, catchy and smooth and, like, you know, pensively produced that I, for a while, I entirely missed that the beginning of the second verse is entirely him being like, my girlfriend has a good butt. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's literally the entire first half of, this, of the verses. It's like, so thick. I know why they call it a fatty. It's like, Okay, we're just yeah,
1: <laughs> just... Yep. I kind of just
2: genius lyrics right there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I just uh, <laughs> let that pass by me. <laughs> don't don't really pay too much attention, but <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I think it's it's a fun song. Justin Timberlake is always lovely to hear. And he's got a beautiful singing voice. So like. I mean it's it's a it's a fun one um as many of his go and like once again it's uh it's another it's another classic and yeah it's just kind of like uh it's got a very like classy feel to it talking about being all like dressed up and dapper and stuff like it's it's another one of those like fun kind of like listening to as part of like a a, a fun little get together sort of thing like it's a it's a good time. It's not, um, once again, like many of our, uh, many of the songs talked about, not super deep, but it doesn't need to. Be. And it's not, not what we're going for anyway. It's, uh, it's a good time, and I, I enjoy it quite a bit.
0: It's for Truffle Season, for Tom Ford Tuxedos with no reason. What did you guys think of the intro? Where it's like the Chopped and Screwed, where it's like, I'll be on my suit and Yeah. What do you think of that first part?
1: I like it. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't know. I just I gener- generally like, like Kendrick does that a lot too, just kind of these little intro parts or like outros um, that kind of get you prepared for what's to come. But... <laughs>
2: I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I hadn't remembered it for some time. So I was a little surprised, like, wait, what's going on here? Um, but, uh, I, but I enjoyed it a fair amount and it was, uh, it was a good time in my humble opinion. And, uh, I, it was it was interesting, and like i it it feels a bit different from the rest of the song, so like that was part of why I was surprised as well. I just like it has a very different um feeling it feels kind of like a different song entirely to me, but like I don't so like I don't know i I'm curious as to what you guys think is towards like how how well it mixes with like the rest of the song <laughs> uh-
0: I, I honestly wasn't too much of a fan. It was, maybe it could have worked as the outro, but as the intro, it just was off-putting to me, personally. Not for, like, any deep reason. It's just like, oh, that doesn't sound <laughs> fun at all.
1: Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, there's, there's pro- is there's probably, like, a radio single edit. Does it? You know if that it still has that? Probably does. I don't know, but probably is.
0: I I I didn't look into it, but it's probably existence.
2: Yeah, I would say overall with that particular intro, like probably not my favorite, but like I didn't I didn't hate.
0: Oh, hated for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, any other any other thoughts before we move to the next one, with Jordan?
1: Uh, no. Okay.
2: All right. So, let's see. Um, next one I would like to do is a uh, wrecking ball.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Now,
2: I don't know about you all, but uh, I remember at this time, Miley uh, Miley Cyrus, despite having been uh, the beloved uh, Hannah Montana, was at this point in time a controversial figure in the pop cultural sphere. And this song was very much just capturing all of that energy, all of that like, yeah, I'm like adult now. And like, I'm not just this silly little pop star. I've got like serious stuff going on. I'm gonna do like adult crazy things and you can't stop me. And this song like, while it's not exactly what it means, it kind of feels like there's that subtext going on with it of I came in Mm -hmm. like a wrecking ball of like, yeah, I'm busting into all the, I'm busting into this. Um, world of being like an adult pop star I'm going to be bold and brash and there's nothing there's nothing you can do about it like that's that's how it is and that's the kind of artist I'm going to be from now on so I personally back back then I was like shocked and all like oh and so I didn't like the song as much back then but now I feel like I actually like it a lot more and appreciate it a lot more it on um, like a sort of lyrical and musical, um, standpoint. And I, I think it's a good song. I, I enjoy it, um, quite a bit generally, but, um, to me it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting sort of the context in which it came, uh, into sort of the, the sphere, um, and to sort of like the- uh, the musical and like pop sphere and everything, and that's that's part of the reason why I chose it out of out of any particular song that we had available. I thought that was a very interesting aspect of it um yeah, so like let me know what you guys thought though uh, yeah yeah, I
1: definitely. I don't know if I really listened to this song all that much when it came out, but I did get the the similar impression of sort of the context. And I don't know if Miley Cyrus was, well, she wasn't the first, but, you know, just that transition from Disney uh, pop star to you know, trying to be something, something more. Uh, um, And yeah, I think as far as the song itself, it's it's a decent song, I think. (laughs) I personally don't really enjoy it that much, but um, yeah. It's definitely got an energy to it that I can respect. Um, uh, yeah, I guess. What about you, Caleb. Yeah. This one, yeah.
0: I'd say the video where she's like licking hammers and riding wrecking balls naked was definitely provocative. I. I think the song itself it's just like a couple pieces away from me really loving it but it's just something off with it like two th- two main things are one that like Eileen's voice needs more extra metal behind it work when she's going for a ballad I feel this one was kind of too slick and and sad and quiet. Miley's voice to quite work. Like, I think if it had a bit more hustle or like rock or country edge to it, or it might be a little more, but also just cause one line in the chorus where it's like, all I wanted to was to break your walls. All you ever did was break me. Like, how does that work? You're the wrecking ball. You're, you're slamming into the house. How are you getting broken? Like, what kind of metaphor is this? This is a terrible metaphor. You could easily... You could just switch it to All I Ever Did Was Break You, and that would be so much better. That would make me be like, yeah, this is a great song. But no, you went for All You Ever Did Was Break Me, and it's like, no, that's not how the situation would go. (laughs) Otherwise, I think it's got a lot of potential. That's very fair, and
2: I totally understand if, like, this isn't y'all's like favorite kind of song but like i personally appreciate it and like once again like with many of the songs I selected (laughs) it very much evokes 2010s to me because i can't ever hear this song without thinking oh yeah that was very early 2010s that's
0: true again i could very easily see like a song that's lyrically and in a lot of like aesthetic ways, very similar to this, being very awesome to me. But like, I guess it's like one of those where it's like the current form didn't quite make it for me eh, personally.
2: Perfectly fair. Well, I'll be honest; I don't have terribly much else to say about this particular song. It's fun, it's bold and brash, and mm. you know, you may think it belongs in the trash, but I think it belonged <laughs> in the two thousand tens, right where it came from.
1: <laughs> That's hard to disagree with. <laughs>
0: yeah. Let's see. Speaking of since I mentioned Proud of Country Music, uh so around two thousand eight Darius Rucker started making country songs and was a pretty decent hit in Nashville. But then it get to be like a have a crossover until wagon wheel around I think twenty thirteen. This is this is just a really nice song like it's a when it's a basically a more pop friendly version of an old crow medicine show song that uses a chorus that they lifted from a Bob Dylan draft and like. It's just this very laid back, pleasant song about traveling across the Southeastern United States to go see your baby. It's got like a just really earnest feel to it. What would you guys think? I uh, really enjoyed this.
2: Oh, sorry. Mm. I really enjoyed this. I it was one of my favorite to listen to the whole Spotify. Like, it's been a while since I heard it, but like re listening to it is just like man what a classic and like i it's like you said it's got like just a nice earnest feel to it and i really appreciate that it's just a it's a it's a solid good fun classic song i really like those country songs that are about travel i don't know what it is exactly but just like country songs that talk a lot about just like traveling around going um going to see like your baby or like going to like that sort of nostalgic feel of what home is. Like they're they're nice. They're homey. And this one was very much up there with it. And it gives me a, a nice nostalgic feeling. Even though I have I personally have no um connection with the Southeast United States. Like it kind of makes me it makes me kind of wish I did have that sort of nostalgia with it
1: yeah, um, yeah, I can agree with all that, um yeah, it's a nice uh, yeah, it's just a nice country song. I actually did not know that it was by Old Crow Medicine Show originally, but yeah, yeah, yeah the first one um. But, and it's got does it have some violin? I don't know it's just kind of a more, more traditional yeah. sounding country song um,
0: yeah I mean Darius Rucker was born to be the fiddler in an old time string band not the lead singer of an actually acclaimed alternative rock band of the 90s oh. Hootie and the Blowfish that would yeah. be ridiculous
1: but yeah it's just got that very homey, traditional um, country vibe that you can't really go wrong with. Yeah, definitely.
0: Because that is one of the other things in country. Like, you know, I fear that almost all of my the songs I picked were very much throwbacks. But oh, well. It's my <laughs> choices, and I'm showing how they go in new directions. <laughs> But, like, the 2010s country music, as I referenced, went in a lot of different directions. And this was very much a solid middle because you had, like, you know, the bro country, Florida Georgia Line stuff that was kind of just tacky and bad. You had, like, the overproduced and kind of lame boyfriend country and one country like Lady <laughs> Antebellum. Uh, you had, like, some of the, like... Really tasteful guys like Miranda Lambert and uh, Chris Stapleton, who were really good, but also, you know, like, very, you know, still intellectual. And, like, and there were, like, sort of the, the, like, Casey Musgraves and uh, Maren Morris, who were, like, you know, notable for having been women in country around 2018. Not, not, not in a bad way. And, like, it was so male dominated in that, at that point, way, like, in a, they managed to make it through and that itself is unique and they have like their own attributes. I just haven't listened enough to them to like give an honest assessment of how they are as musicians. But anyway, this is, this is more, you know, like, isn't, you know, like overproduced, but it isn't, you know, like as ambitious as the other ones, you know, it's just a simple laid back song, like a John Denver or Glenn Campbell would have made back in the day. So like, I really appreciate that kind of song can exist in the country music industry that is sort of in has been in throws since around twenty fourteen.
1: Yeah, for sure. Have either of you guys listen to Marin Morris or Casey Musgraves? Because I Not don't know very much. Like too much. I listen to Maren Morris a bit. I like I like some of her stuff. It's um Uh, Some of it is more in the pop direction, but I think, or well, and some of it is more in like a bluesy or like I don't know. Yeah, I like I like some of her stuff. Casey Musgraves seems to have gone more in the like indie pop direction or something. I don't know, but
0: okay, where we hit it,
1: right? Um guess I'll do Ain't It Fun (laughs) um yeah I wasn't not sure what you guys will think about this one um I just remember I don't know somehow I came across this song and just loved it right away um and I wasn't ever even really a Paramore fan um before that time, but anyways yeah, they they're on their twenty thirteen album they just kind of did a more pop rock thing. It's not really like their earlier stuff, um but ain't it fun um has this kind of funky well, I don't know it's on Wikipedia one of the genres says new Jack swing, so I don't know how accurate that is, but. It does have, it (laughs) does have um, got some uh, personality to it, I think. Um, With and yeah, I just I love the driving beat and the love Haley's vocals on this and the outro with like the the gospel chorus and like the guitar solo it's just all very enjoyable to me but what do you guys think
2: I mean for me this one's an absolute classic I, I'm always bopping along to it and having a fun time listening to it whenever it comes on like I love I love the little beat of it like the like the living in the real world like it's just a it's it's just fun. It's got like a little bit of attitude in a good way. And I, I, I really enjoy it uh, as a song in general. I could just listen to it again and again and not get tired of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah, like you saying, the choir is especially the nice part at the end. Like, that's probably my favorite part. Uh, according to general research, apparently it was inspired by uh Haley Williams had to move from Nashville to LA and just having to deal with quote unquote adulting, you know, grown up problems type things. And this was sort of a song of her just telling herself, you know, you gotta do with uh, this stuff, but mood. so like Yeah. <laughs> so it's you know, it's like a little anthem for everyone who's, you know, feeling discouraged and Form of a sarcastic alt rock singer telling you, "Yeah, do it. (laughs) You're a grown up now."
1: Yeah, I I definitely really. Yeah, the I was just gonna say, and was like,
0: "Celephone." Sure.
1: Wait. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, I I like the lyrics a lot too. I think, yeah, it's cool. It's just. It's obviously not super deep, but it's definitely a different message than you might expect from, you know, a pop song. (laughs) Just like living in the real world. Um, But, you know, through the music, it makes it something more than just... uh, your adult realism it's still a very fun song that you can kind of lose yourself to for a couple minutes uh, any last thoughts on this one
2: i uh, particularly the classic, and for good reason um i i greatly enjoy it and thank you for uh helping me to listen to it again
1: yeah of course
0: On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more pop sounds. So stay tuned.